0: Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I'm happy to be with my co-host Joe this evening. Joe, how Hi, you everybody. doing? I'm doing well. Great to be with you tonight. This Glad is going to be to, here. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a music episode, which we love having here on the Stuff We Love Podcast. You may remember, I guess it was a few months ago now, Joe, that you and I recorded a review. Of the Taylor Swift album, Folklore. And to this date, it remains one of the Stuff We Love podcast's most popular episodes. So it proves that people like when we talk music, and there are a lot of Taylor Swift fans out there. And tonight, we are going to be talking about the other album Taylor Swift released during quarantine, Evermore. We'll be discussing that album as well as giving you, the listeners, some other music advice based on things we've been listening to recently, whether it's albums artists stations playlists all that good stuff uh before we get into this joe how are you doing just checking in everything going okay everything's great it's uh you know another year we're moving along and uh i i can't complain do you have any early super bowl prediction i'm not going to hold you to this but right now gut instinct who is going to win gut instinct tampa bay i was actually thinking that too
1: yeah i think um i i know the chiefs are the you know Defending champions, and I can't say, oh, they don't have the experience or anything. I just, for some reason, I think Tom Brady and Tampa Bay will find a way to win. That Plus, would be a remarkable. home game for them. They don't have to travel. It's, it's like the perfect storm.
0: There is a girl that I went to college with who is a, a doctor in Tampa Bay. She's fully vaccinated, and she was selected to go to the Super Bowl with her husband, who also is fully vaccinated as a healthcare professional.
1: That makes me really jealous, honestly. Yes. I, yes. I don't know what I would do if I got that call for
0: uh, going to the Super Bowl like that. You've been to how many Super Bowls? I've been to two Super Bowls. And one of them was Giants, right? One of them was Steelers, right? One
1: was Steelers-Packers. Yep. And we had thought – the Jets were in the championship game that year against the Steelers. They went down like 25 points in the first half and then almost came back to win, but they didn't make it. But I had tickets for the game. Uh, through a friend and I went to that one and then the year after that was the Giants uh, Patriots Super Bowl right um,
0: the second time the second, the second Giants
1: second. Patriots Super Bowl right and uh, that was uh, it was unbelievable
0: the uh, I would love this year I mean it's it's obviously not a normal year it's not open to the public but can you imagine if you start your day in Walt Disney World or Universal Studios and you do the hour drive to go to the Super Bowl at night I mean
1: is there any more perfect day you know, uh, just w- that's like the perfect vacation day. Going to the Super Bowl at night and leaving Disney World before that.
0: Can you imagine if you were late to the game because you got stuck on the Fast and Furious <laughs> ride?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been on that line when it's been very long, and I guess I can't imagine. But I would walk out the side door where they let you get out of the line. <laughs> that's true. I, I know a lot of people like the uh, the club scene in that in that ride, but I, it's not worth waiting for me. <laughs>
0: It's, that's the only part of the ride that I actually enjoyed Uh, during the main part of the ride, the finale where you're, you know, you're riding through the streets and it's a high speed chase and all of that people, they have no reaction to it. They literally sit there and just have no reaction. I mean, I think I'm sure we've talked about this before on the show, but that is
1: my all time least favorite ride right now (laughs) in universal. It's terrible, but I still go on it every time I'm
0: there. Every time. And I look forward to going on it. Me too. It's great. I like when you walk in and they got the music blasting and you see the fancy cars and all of that.
1: Then you have Ludacris on the video.
0: <laughs> Ludacris, at, ah. <laughs> Jordana Brewster, The right. Rock. They're all there.
1: It's it, That part is good. I mean, it's fun for what it is, but it's such a bad ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still just talking about it, though. I wish we were going on it right now.
1: Me too. Be great.
0: <laughs> I hate the way they cram you in on that ride
1: in Kong. You're really on top of people. They push you in. It's, it's like uh, riding a subway in Japan where they shove you in the door.
0: <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, well, anyhow, let's get to the uh, main part of tonight's episode, which is the review of Evermore. So Evermore has been called the sequel to Folklore. Uh, it's another album that was released as a surprise. Just like I texted you when Folklore was announced the morning of, yep. you texted me when Evermore was announced. And it was one of the most exciting text messages I've gotten. I remember getting ready for the day. And then, what do you know, new Taylor Swift album coming out at midnight that night. It doesn't get much better than that.
1: No, I actually really like the way she's releasing albums right now. I don't yes. I don't need a year long buildup. I just, I want the music when it's ready.
0: It's interesting because around the time of Evermore was the ra- around the time of Paul McCartney's new album, McCartney Three. And you know, I love M- McCartney. And that was a traditional album rollout where you have the weeks of build-up, anticipation, and so forth. I much prefer this surprise album release format. So much better.
1: It is. I completely agree. It's just there's not there's no anticipation, and then when you get it, it's like getting. A holiday, right there. It's like, yes. and it's such a surprise, and you know, you just want to dive right into it because it's there. You didn't, you weren't expecting it. You weren't even able to be let down, really, because it's brand new. It's right in front of you. Oh, it's
0: the best. It's a great feeling. Yep. And, and uh, Joe, I'm going to ask you uh, some questions to get the discussion going on Evermore. I want to start by asking you just a basic, broad overview question, which is in your mind now that you're very familiar with both folklore and Evermore. Are you able to separate the two albums or do you look at them as kind of one big double album, I guess, for lack of a better phrase? No, I separate
1: them. And when, you know, a minute ago you said it was a sequel album. Mm -hmm. I I don't agree with that. I think it's more of a companion album
0: album, where they
1: were released kind of in the same time period, but they're not the same album in, in any way hmm. So I, I can separate them. I mean, I when I'm listening to the songs, I know which album they're off. You know, even when you're not looking at what the cover is or looking at what, um, you know, the title is, it's just you can tell there's a difference between the two albums. hmm. But I will say and I've told you I've done this, you know, if you put the two albums together and put them on shuffle so that it, it mixes the songs, they go really well together and it almost. I don't want to say it's a single album, but it almost works like they're companions to one another. So that's how I look at it.
0: Which album overall have you listened
1: to more? Well, I've listened to Folklore more just because it's been out longer and I've been able to really like, you know, I have it on CD. I checked it out on CD. I have it on vinyl to see the differences. I have it, you know, on streaming. I I haven't been like that with Evermore, but I've listened to lately. I've been listening only to that.
0: And when you look at the track list for Evermore, do you see, is there any major difference that hits you right off the bat in terms of the songs overall? Do they have a, because a lot of people were saying when Evermore came out, well, it's very similar to the sound of folklore. And I get that. It's very acoustic based, low key, not poppy music. Uh, but it, it, do you find a difference in the so, the types of songs between folklore and Evermore? I think so. I mean, the songs on
1: Folklore would probably not be out of place on like a 70s album, almost like a singer-songwriter album. And it's the same vibe from Evermore, but it's more of a Taylor Swift sound. It's almost like she's going back into not only just songwriting, but, but the melodies and the way the songs are constructed. I think I don't know. I just I I think they're different. That's all. That's the best
0: thing way I can say. Mm-hmm. different. I understand. Let's talk about some of the tracks. So, uh, let's start with th- the last song on the regular edition of the album. There's a couple of deluxe tracks, and the reason I start with that, which is the song "Evermore" featuring Bonnie Vere, is because we had said with folklore, the duet between Taylor and Bonnie Vere was one of our highlights of the album. And what's your take on? the song evermore from this album where do you rank it as compared to the previous co- collaboration so that's a very interesting
1: question because i really don't like that song neither do i <laughs> neither I, do i it's one of my least favorite songs on evermore and i i don't know why that is it's just i i'm just drawn so much more to the one from folklore i for some reason it just doesn't work for me on evermore and and it might be my own issue thinking that it's going to be kind of the same. And then when you listen to Evermore, the song, it's nothing like that, you know, versus uh, this, the, the song on folklore,
0: I don't know. It's very hard but hard to explain what I'm trying to say, but. Well, I think here's what, I agree with you. It is not one of my favorite songs on the album. And both the song Exile and Evermore, Exile was the duet between yep. Taylor and bon from folklore. They had a similar trajectory inside the song. It kind of starts off slow. And you get this buildup towards the middle end of the song. And I think that buildup works better with the yeah. song Exile. And I think the reason is it's a much more melodic song. I think you're right, actually. Now that I'm, now that
1: you've said that, I, I completely agree. When, you know, in, in Exile, where, where it's him starting, then she sings, then they sing together, but they're singing different parts and, and the melody works. Mm-hmm. It's a buildup to the end and then it, Kind of crescendos and then calms down again it's the same type in evermore but in my mind I'm, I'm thinking why do they have to copy that they didn't need to do that again they could have done something different i just
0: didn't like it that much i'm with you and, and you know i when folklore came out i i was never really a Bon ver fan i didn't listen to him that much even though i knew he had a lot of respect in the music industry that's why i was so surprised when i heard the song exile i'm like wow this is such a great track it's very beautiful and the vocals sound great And that, I think, set very high expectations for this album. And it just didn't reach that. So it's one of the weaker tracks on Evermore. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I remember when um, Folklore came out and we had the track listing before the album came out. And I said to you, I think Exile is going to be one of my least favorite songs on the album. It turned out to be one of my most favorite. Right. And in this case, it's the opposite.
0: Uh, It's very interesting. And I also think I will say one more thing about Exile. Taylor now has had a number of duets over the course of her career. Uh, I'm talking about studio duets, not live joint concert appearances. And Exile may be the best one. It may be.
1: I think so. I mean, I I really can't think of anything that's
0: as good. Some people Um, may say everything has changed with Ed Sheeran, but I don't think that reaches that level.
1: No. And I like that song, by the way. I I do, too. Um, But it's not not even close to me, in my opinion.
0: can you now, Joe, spe- going from a song we weren't crazy about? Can you give me an example of a song from Evermore that you are a big fan of? Uh,
1: I okay. Um, the second song on the album, "Champagne Problems." I'm yes, a big, I really like that song. To me, that sounds like one of the closing songs on maybe Red, almost where you know it's kind of it's her telling a story, um, almost almost like an All Too Well type of song, not as good. All Too Well is one of my you know, top three Taylor songs, but Champagne Problems is almost the same type of song to me, where it's like a, she's telling a story, but it's got the, um, the again, the crescendo, the, the typical Taylor Swift writing the song, and just the way she sings the song, I really like it. I, it's just one of my favorites on the album.
0: It's a wonderful song. The Day That Evermore came out, as I was getting ready to listen to the album for the first time, I did what I do 20 million times a day, which is go on Twitter. And <laughs> I saw people tweeting about champagne problems. So it set a very high bar for me when I listened to the track and right off the bat, the way you describe it just now, I think was a great description. It reminds you of a closing song on red where the tempo is slow and she sets this perfect stage with the lyrics. I think the first line in the song is something like you took the train for the week. Yeah. Something about taking a yeah. train. So right off the bat, it sets the picture and the lyrics are amazing and it's matched with this very haunting melody.
1: It is. And I, that, I mean, that's what Taylor Swift does best. So, you know, in all of her other albums, when there's a song like that, it's, it's one of the ones that stands out, even, even on an album, um, where you're not expecting it, you you get a new year's day or something. It's just, again, the same type of song. And in this, and for this album, for me, that was, it's that type of song. I really liked it.
0: It's very hard for a musical artist, at least from my perspective as a fan, to take a slow song and sustain it. And she does yeah. that so well, whether it be with New Year's Day, like you just said, or Champagne Problems. Um, it's a perfect example of that. Uh, what is another example of your f- top tracks from the album? I also
1: uh, really like track six, which is Nobody No Crime. Yes. And that, to me, it's just a fun song. you know. Uh, Features Haim, the, the the sister group, right? And they're—I was actually disappointed. They're only singing in the background. Um, they don't really have a feature on the song, but it works, and it's just a fun song about it. You know, this is not one of those Taylor Swift based on life songs. It's—it's it's a song about someone killing her husband, and it's just—it's right. just a fun song. It really, and again, that's another way that this is, album is different from folklore there's no song like that on folklore where you have this really countrified upbeat melody where she's
0: singing about somebody killing their husband. It's just a different right. kind of song. And I really liked it. It's fun. Do you do you like the part of the song where I, I don't know which member of Haim it is? She was with me, dude. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, she, I also like
1: that. She sings about Olive Garden. Like who knows how <laughs> it's going to Olive Garden.
0: Right. Do you like Olive Garden?
1: Uh, I like the breadsticks. That's about it. <laughs> do you like, you don't like the bottomless salad bowl? Uh, no, I, although if I ever go there, it's I only get the soup salad and breadstick deal because I don't really <laughs> like their food at all, but it's, some of it's good, like the breadsticks. I,
0: I used to go with my grandfather all the time to Olive Garden, and we had such wonderful meals. I have wonderful memories of those meals. And, you know, the Olive Garden for a chain restaurant inside, it's a really nice looking place. That's why it's an upscale restaurant for some people. <laughs> That's true. I love it. I really enjoy that place. But for the breadsticks, if take away the breadsticks, I wouldn't go. <laughs> I would not go. No,
1: it's like the Cheddar Ray Biscuits and Red Lobster. But uh those are good.
0: Those are really good. Those are dangerous. Those are, are, dangerous. <laughs> those are <very laughs> dangerous. But uh Joe, I'm totally with you about nobody, no crime. That may be, maybe my favorite song on the album. It's so much fun to listen to. You're right. It's an upbeat song about a topic that normally doesn't get an upbeat song. And uh, it's it's just really creative lyrically. It's so fun. All these songs lyrically are good. I mean, we keep saying the lyrics, the lyrics. That's right. one of Taylor's trademarks, but it's really so great.
1: I mean, she really turned up her songwriting in the last two albums, in Folklore and Evermore. Yes. But I'm, look- I mean, just thinking about the tracklist on Evermore, mm-hmm. songs two through six, even two through seven, I- those are my favorite songs on the entire album. And I think it just goes right one after another. Yes. you know from champagne prompts to gold Rush and then tis the damn season love it tolerated I really like because it's it's very like even though it's kind of a depressing song it's it's just like a real life kind of song with the lyrics and then you go from that where you're talking about tolerate where you're talking about a relationship and a girl just uh you know trying to do anything she can for her boyfriend or husband and he's just saying oh whatever'm I'm, I'm just you know I tolerate you I don't right. and then you go to nobody no crime. You know, so it's it's just I really like the those tr- the that two through six track listing right there. I, I always listen to it right one after another.
0: So along the lines of what you just said, let me throw this out there and I want your reaction to it. When I was listening to Evermore the other day, I had the same thought you did. Oh, these tracks two through six or two through seven. So good. So good. And then I thought the album kind of drops down a little bit after that. The songs don't reach the levels of the earlier tracks. Do you agree with that? For I a little agree. Bit, for a little bit.
1: I, I was going to say, I agree for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think the next few tracks after that, like Dorothea, is an okay song to me. I, I would, just like you said, you go to Twitter as soon as the album comes out. I saw people were loving Dorothea. Yes. I don't see it. It's not one of my favorites, but that's okay. I don't love Coning Island, mm-hmm. which is the one that follows that, you know. But then you get Ivy and Cowboy Like Me, which I actually do kind of like. And then it comes up again.
0: So cowboy like me is a tremendous song so is marjorie i like marjorie marjorie is a great song i want to talk to you a little bit about tis the damn season because this got a lot of attention it's about you going home for the holidays and you see an ex now i never really had that problem because i don't think i had a lot of exes at all. i can't relate to this <laughs> i can't relate to it but uh i certainly i've seen a lot of movies where that happens <laughs> and um <laughs> I really love that song. And I think the reason I love the song is because it just, I love the part where she goes, tis the damn season, write this down. Yes. And then it, oh, so, it's so catchy. And the lyrics are just so good. Most holiday, and I think another reason I love it, is that most holiday songs, for, they tend to be upbeat and cheery and poppy, and we love that. Tis the damn season is not that way. But to me, it's such a great holiday song now. So I would put it on any holiday collection.
1: I totally agree. It, it is a holiday song because it's the story that she's telling, which is coming home for the holidays And yes. Okay. You're, so you're catching up with an ex and trying to, you know, have a, a one, a, you know, meet up with them to hook up or something, but it, it's still a holiday song. And it, it, when you listen to it, it sets the tone in your mind. You know, you can see it. I, I, it's almost like a movie. I can see the story.
0: Yes. You can see the story. It's, it is like a movie. Joe, when, with, when you would come home from college for a holiday, would you ever go to the local place where high school kids would reunite? Sure. <laughs> you know, the day before Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving,
1: he was yes. always uh, going to the same place. and I would do that for sure.
0: Did a lot of people come up to you to say
1: hi? No. <laughs> no, I stood in the back corner and, uh, you know, with my drink in my hand.
0: Right. I remember saying, okay, let's do another lap. And I would do a lap and then I'd be tired after a lap. <laughs> and I at would, that point, I'm ready to leave. It would be, and, and not a lot of people would really say hi. If they did, it was just a brief, you know, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Let's just say I didn't do that for very long. <laughs> right, right. Um, but Tis the Damn Season, I said Nobody, No Crime is my favorite song from the album. I stand by that statement. Tis the Damn Season is a very close number two.
1: I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, I, I find it very hard to pick my absolute favorite from t- track two through track six. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one day it's Champagne Problems. The next day it's Nobody, No Crime. It's, you know. It, right.
0: I want it's to hot. ask you next, Joe, about the uh, first leadoff single from the album, which is Willow, the opening track on the album. I want to first ask you how you compare that to the leadoff single from folklore cardigan which one do you like more that's a
1: that's interesting i, I my initial thought was immediately to say um uh, uh, I'm try, willow but um I, I still think it's willow. Mm-hmm. But here's the funny thing. I don't really listen to Willow that much. Right. I almost skip over it all the time, maybe because I've heard it too much. But I can tell you that I almost never listen
0: to Cardigan. Agree. It's not as it's not as catchy a song, quite frankly. When you go back into Taylor's catalog, previous albums, and you're just playing random songs, do you tend to go to hits or do you go to the deeper cuts? Most,
1: I, honestly, I, I go to the, I mean... Not that Taylor has a lot of deep cuts, but I go to her deeper cuts. I, right. It's, uh, you know, some of the songs that are my favorite songs, people would not, you might not even know if, you know, you're not a big Taylor Swift fan, because if you only know what you, what you hear on the radio, it's, you're not going to hear those songs.
0: Can you give us a couple of examples?
1: Um, hey, Steven.
0: One of my favorites. Know, Love that song.
1: That's an amazing song. Even a song like Enchanted, which Love is it. one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. You never hear that on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's maybe because it's a long song and it's old, but like, the, you know, those are two of my all time favorite Taylor Swift songs. And even All Too Well, which is, there was a big push to get it released as a single, um, but it, it didn't actually happen, I don't think. And if it mm-hmm. did, they barely played it. it. You know, people know it though. It's like one of those songs where it was never a huge hit, but everybody knows it.
0: Right. Cause she did play it at the Grammy Awards. Yeah. But she, it never took off the way that. It would have been expected to. And I. part of the reason may be the Grammy performance, while I love it, that song is a classic of all classics, the studio version from Red of All Too Well, it packs a punch with the drums where it just, again, builds up, builds up in that end. It's so it, to great. To
1: me, that's my, that's my favorite Taylor Swift song, that and Enchanted. I, I yeah. really love those two. And then, Hate Steven. But again, if you didn't really know Taylor Swift, I mean, if you're a fan, you probably have Red. But- even the older stuff, like you wouldn't know those songs or, or if you do, you don't listen to them because they're not hits. Maybe right. you listen to hits, but that's what I, that's what I tend to go to. What about, you know?
0: Well, Enchanted has to me, one of the best lyrics of any song, one out of any artist, one of my favorites, very simple, four words. This night is sparkling. I love that lyric. I don't know yep. why. It just captures <laughs> so much. It It's great.
1: And then, um, you know, she's, repeats that part over and over where it's please don't you know right say yoga with someone else it's i just really like it it's a great song and i know she it was written when she was like 20 but so what
0: look paul mccartney wrote when i'm 64 when he was 15 i think yeah he wrote uh the beatles song i'll follow the sun also i think when he was 15 the talent is there at a young age if you're a great songwriter and taylor is With Paul McCartney as one of the greats, don't argue with me, nobody. Don't write to me. Don't disagree. I won't accept it. (laughs) I don't think nobody can disagree with that. No, no. (laughs) Legitimately could disagree with it. (laughs) But um, just a couple more points about Evermore before we wrap up that part of the discussion. I wanted to ask you to elaborate on – well, we talked about Dorothea. That was one of them. Um, I really haven't studied the Deluxe tracks. I've heard them a couple times. Do you have any reaction to them? Do they stand out to you? Honestly, I've listened to them there, it, it
1: sounds like they're just another, you know, some more tracks on the album. Um, I actually found it interesting that one of the tracks, although I don't have it in front of me, I can't recall off the top of my head, but I listened to a playlist that like has new alternative music a lot. That's been on there. Like her her new track, the bonus track. Yes. The bonus track. So, you know, they're good. Um, I need to listen to them more. They don't sound like they were relegated to some back room and then just thrown out there. They sound like they were part of the album. Mm-hmm. um but again i i just they don't really do much extra for me right now
0: have you heard any of these songs on alt nation on sirius xm
1: um from evermore no i, I don't recall hearing any of those on Alt right. nation although they've been playing exile on uh alt nation i've seen that and I, they play exile uh, all the time on the spectrum channel 28 spectrum interesting it's kind con- Spectrum? There
0: what type of music do they go for on there
1: it's a, it's it's like it's hits and it's also older stuff it's mm. it's hard to explain but it's more of like new uh, new music like new alternative type music singer-songwriter stuff and then back you know even even a couple of classic rock songs but it's it's it, there's no real way to explain it other than to say you know the spectrum is a perfect name for it do you listen to the bridge on Sirius XM once in a while i have not
0: been listening to it lately although right. Every now and then I'll go back to it. I listened to it today a little bit. It's like mellow classic rock, basically, is what, is yeah. what it comes down to. Um, that was a big diversion, yeah. I just asked because we were talking about Sirius XM. No, but it's One great, of our favorite I mean, things to talk about. Yeah. But um, my last question for you, Joe, about Evermore and folklore. If you were... Have you put together a playlist? You did. You mentioned you put together where you combine both albums entirely. Have you done a playlist where you take highlights for you from both and do like a ten-track playlist?
1: I have not. I mean, you know, if I listen to it to the album, I don't mind just letting it play. Right. And like I said, I did do the uh, Evermore slash Willow playlist, which is basically all I did was put the two albums together and then put it on on uh, shuffle, which works really well, and that's all. That's good enough for me.
0: I I wonder if. You know, with the Beatles, they released the White Album, which was like like a double album. And then so, there's been this debate should they have released just one album and make it unbelievably good and so forth. Right. Which the white album, it's very it's unbelievably good now, but make it even like more condensed. Some people, I wouldn't surprise me five, ten years from now, may say Taylor should have just done one quarantine album and it would be one of the greatest albums of all time. I disagree with that. I think that looking at the full body here, but it would be interesting to put together From folklore and Evermore, like a fifteen-track playlist, and what songs would go on there? That would be really interesting.
1: That would be interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure it could be done. I mean, even Taylor herself puts together, puts out these EPs where she picks out some songs from both albums and puts them on like a six-track EP and thinks, oh, these are the themes. But I I don't even know if that's a good argument. If you didn't have both full albums, just like if you didn't have the entire White Album would it be considered the same maybe maybe the songs the beatles picked for the single album wouldn't be what you would have picked and right. then they weren't people wouldn't like it as much or the same thing with this maybe the 12 songs that taylor swift would have picked for this one album out of the 30 songs she has mm-hmm. aren't the ones i liked if she you know it, to me it wouldn't be good if she put 10 versions of evermore on an album it wouldn't be the same right <laughs> right so, right.
0: so uh, if you had to give a rating on a scale of one to 10, where would you give Evermore at this moment? I'd give it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. That's a good rating. I think I may go a little lower. I'd probably give it an eight. 8.12. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's, it's Look, a really solid album. Absolutely. And in a very difficult period of time, 2020 through now, Taylor's music releases, they've helped. They've definitely been a nice thing to enjoy.
1: 100%. I mean, two surprise albums in a year. I mean, when, when you're expecting nothing, honestly, because of the way she, she just released Lover not that long ago. Right. It's It was uh, it, w- it was great. It's a nice gift.
0: Do you think we're going to get a third quarantine album? Some people are speculating.
1: I do not. I saw the reason they were speculating was because they saw some picture in one of her pictures that had another album name on it. I don't right. believe that's an album. I think this is it. And I'm this fine. This
0: is it. Yeah. yeah. We may never hear these songs live because presumably when the world gets back to normal... I mean, he would be we we missed out on the Lover Live other than a couple of performances. You know, we never had those Lover Fests. And uh, there's big that's a shame because that would have been a fun album for Taylor to perform live. That
1: is a shame, honestly. I mean, those songs obviously are much more pop oriented and they would have worked better in the stadium format where she tours normally. And I don't know if she'll even do a real tour anytime soon or, you know, again, because she said she said that she doesn't really have any interest in doing a tour like that very often. And even if she did, these songs, I don't think you can work them into a stadium type show. They would need no. to be like a Radio City music hall type show. Right. Right. I mean, maybe one or two songs, sure, like she always does. But Betty. Yeah, that's a great song. I love it. I love Betty. Um, but again, I, I just I don't think we'll ever hear many of these songs live And maybe Agreed. in you know 20, 30 years down the line.
0: Right. The Taylor Swift 50th anniversary world tour. <laughs>
1: If I'm around, I'm going. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, this has been a fun discussion about Evermore. I really enjoy talking about these albums. And for all of our fans, if you haven't already, give it a chance. It's a great, great album. I know many of our listeners have already listened. And I have a lot of friends that weren't into Taylor's music otherwise that have turned to folklore and Evermore, and they really enjoy it. Yeah, I've heard that about a lot of people. Yeah. On that note, let's go to the second part of our podcast this evening. Joe and I are going to give you some general music recommendations. uh, And we'll also do a quick Stuff We Love segment as well, something non-music related at the end to wrap things up. Uh, But in terms of music, let's just go one at a time. Joe, I'll start with you. I'm going to ask you to give our audience a music recommendation. Could be an album, an artist you've recently been listening to, a SiriusXM station, and so forth. So we'll do three each. What's your first recommendation?
1: Three each. Okay. I won't say what I was going to say because I've said it on the podcast before. So lately I've been listening to an artist called Holly Humberstone. Mm -hmm. She is a very young, you know, maybe 20 year old, uh, singer songwriter type artist. She has an EP out now called falling asleep at the wheel. And there's about six songs on that EP. And I really think that she is going to be one of the, you know, the newer type, uh, musicians that are just gonna be all over the place um, at some point. I really think she's, she, her her songs on that EP, I love them. Mm-hmm. And from the title track, Falling Asleep at the Wheel, you know, it's just, it's like, who wrote this? You know, how old were you when you wrote this? It's another Taylor Swift type, like singer-songwriter, good lyrics, um, maybe not the same level, but it's something I've been listening to a lot lately and it's, you know, it's on Amazon Music and Apple Music and all that. And I just think she's really good.
0: And did you first hear her on Old Nation?
1: No, uh yes, I did actually. Madison and Alt Nation played her. Um and then it was actually on one of the Amazon playlists that I was gonna talk about anyway, which is Control Alt Repeat. Yes, which is this new um, you know, new alternative music playlist that Amazon updates constantly, which is basically what I listen to all the time. She's on she was on there, and that's how I get a lot of my new artists.
0: Control Alt Repeat on Amazon Music. Yeah, it's it's my favorite playlist. By the way, how great is Madison? When I listen to Madison, I feel like I'm back in the '90s, listening to just the traditional radio me DJ of Kennedy
1: from MTV. Yes. Yes. And uh, on, and that's that's a good thing in a way. I I actually think she's funny. She makes me laugh. Yes. But but some people cannot stand her. I know they think she's incredibly annoying. And even if she is a little annoying, it's just she makes me laugh. She's funny, and she's she's an she seems older and but knowledgeable about music. It's like right i i relate to her i like her
0: i wish we had mike here i'd be (laughs) very curious to hear mike's (laughs) thoughts mike was a guest on a previous episode of the podcast we've known him for years and he stunned us by saying he listened to old nation because joe and i think we're that from mike joe and i were were not expecting that um but yeah those are great recommendations i'm gonna give the holly hummerstone ep a chance i really haven't listened to it i know you've been raving about her uh for a while now so i'm gonna Tomorrow I'm going to give it a listen. Yeah, it's only it's only an EP. I really like her. Sure. She's good. And by the way, it's interesting because we we talked about Taylor doing these EPs. The Beatles have been releasing a lot of EPs, themed yep. collections. I like it because you get to hear the songs in a new perspective. But it's weird. I I did not see that coming.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody did. I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But yeah. uh, it, look, it's nice that they're releasing the songs. And yeah, maybe it's not the like I said, it's not the order or the songs I would have picked. Right, which is when you listen to it, just like I listen to the Taylor Swift EPs, I'm I'm thinking in my head, I don't know why she did this or I can see why she did these songs together. It's just, you know, so in the same with
0: the Beatles. You know who also did a lot of EPs earlier on? Uh, Jonas Brothers back in 2020 released about five or six EPs that are really good. Yes. So I'll give you one music recommendation from me. Uh, I love the recent Barry Gibb album called Greenfields in which he duets with a bunch of country music artists on several of his songs. Some of them hit songs, some of them lesser known. And he's, first of all, he sounds great for 74. He's still got that high falsetto uh, voice and the combination of him with the country sound, it just works perfectly. And what, I've discovered a lot of songs on there that I'd never knew before, like the song Greenfields, for example, which right. is, it comes across as just a straightforward country ballad. I really enjoy it even to something like How Deep Is Your Love, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. He duets with Little Big Town on that, and it just works so well. It doesn't replace the original at all. The original is still a classic, but it's just a different perspective on it. Also, one of the highlights for the album for me is his duet with Allison Krauss on Too Much Heaven, yeah. the Beach Boys song. Her voice in that is spectacular.
1: That's a great song.
0: Great song, great song. Uh, and I love it because I love country music, and I love... 70s pop, and it's a combination of the two. It's gotten a lot of positive reviews, and that that's Greenfields, the Barry Gibb album. Joe, I know you've enjoyed it as well.
1: It's a great album. I remember when that came out, you sent me. Um, I think you sent me the "How Deep Is Your Love" song, and yes. uh, you know, I listened to it. And I'm like, this is this is great. You know, I'm a fan of the of the Bee Gees anyway. You know, we've talked about the movie that came out, and uh, you know how we like that as well. But I really that it's a great album, and uh, what he does with the songs. You're right. It doesn't replace the originals. It's almost like they're, they're almost like new songs. Yes. Um, which work. So let me ask you about that though. Does, does watching the BG's documentary on HBO lead you to listen and like this Barry Gibb album more than you normally would have? Or do you think it still would have been on the top of your mind
0: for that? It's a great question. I think what the Bee Gees documentary did for me was make me realize that I should listen to the Bee Gees more. I've been listening to the Bee Gees for a long time. I think, I, like everybody else, I got the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack at some point you know, in my music listening days. Sure. And I would go through periods where I'd listen to them a ton, and then I'd just not listen to them as much, and then I'd revisit it. The Bee Gees documentary made me realize i got to listen to these songs on a more regular basis and just how great some of the songs were. And that is what really got me excited for – Right. the Barry Gibb album. So it, it did get my excitement going. I would have listened to it anyway, but it made me more interested in the album. Plus I love Dolly Parton. I've been listening to a lot of Dolly Parton recently, and he duets on the song Words, the BG song with Dolly Parton. And I, that's another reason I was psyched for this album.
1: Nice. Very good.
0: So Joe, what's your next music recommendation tonight?
1: So lately I've been listening to a ton of blues and jazz. I It's I would say aside from Taylor Swift, but even maybe more than Taylor Swift, it's, it's my number one right now uh, category of music I've been listening to. Just old blues, old jazz,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, Channel 74 on Sirius, Channel 67, real jazz on Sirius. 74 uh, is the
0: blue station, right? 74
1: is the blue station, BB King Blues. And Amazon has some amazing playlists. I love Amazon music. <laughs> if, you, if you can't tell, their playlists are unbelievable. I think out of all the music streaming sites, their playlists are the best. Mm hmm. They constantly update them and change them. And its I don't know who's doing that, but it's my dream job. Dream job. <laughs> um, so wh- I just want to give a blues recommendation. And this is an old one. It's from 1974. And it's from a guy with his band called the Bobby Blue Bland mm-hmm. Band. And he has a song called Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City, which is in the it's, – it's blues, but it is just an amazing – song and it makes you it makes me happy even though it's not a happy song it just ha- it paints it the 70s in my head mm-hmm. and like a, a like a i don't want to say like a steel town but maybe like a california type you know inner city look where they're going in in and out of streets and things like that and that it, to me I, I love that song it's been like one of my top played songs lately and i've i've always had it i just rediscovered it again and it is it's great Bobby blue
0: bland, Bobby blue bland. Yes. You had told me about that song and I listened to it. I loved it. I immediately added it to my, I keep a whole collection of playlists of cool. I call them cool tracks and I just add to them songs. I like immediately added it. It's a great sound. You're right. It captures a seventies feel. It's like, it's like a perfect soundtrack song to any movie from the seventies. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's great.
1: I it's, I mean, it's been sampled a lot. Jay-Z
0: has a sample of it mm-hmm.
1: on one of his songs, which, you know, Heart of the City is the name of his song. But um, just the, to me, nothing beats the way this this song sounds. And I just can't not like, you know, nod your head to it when it comes on. And, you know, when he pulls out the guitar and everything, it's great, the, the bass, it's a 70s bass sound. And you right. know what that is when, when you hear it.
0: You do, his vocals on it are great. And I was doing a Peloton workout, I told you this, and on a cool down, the uh, instructor played the version of the song by Whitesnake. Yep. And it was really good. And I was so <laughs> excited to hear that song. Out of all the songs in the world, by the way, what are the odds of that song being played right after you gave me that recommendation? The funny thing is, it's like, it's not a song that's on a radio in
1: time. You know, it's like, where does that come from? And then they they put it on. It's That's how these things work.
0: It's really great. Uh, that's a great recommendation, Joe. So I, all of our listeners, check out that track. It's awesome. Uh, another recommendation I'll give, I recently started this biography of Frank Sinatra. It's part two of a two-volume biography, and it's amazing. It's called uh, Sinatra the Chairman by James Kaplan, and he talks about everything from his movie career to his music career and his personal life, and I was reading about one of Sinatra's albums from the 1950s. I think it was 1954, Swing Easy, and that was his first album that he recorded entirely with the arranger Nelson Riddle. And the author was describing it. And I I was familiar with the album, but the way he wrote about it in these glowing terms and talked about the collaboration between Sinatra and Nelson Riddle made me want to revisit it, which I did yesterday. Actually, I went and listened to it again. It's just so great. So my recommendation is to revisit all of Frank Sinatra's Capitol Records albums from the 50s. I don't know when he left Capitol for reprise. I don't know if that was late 50s or early 60s. I think it may have been early 60s. But he really did invent the concept album. And you take something like Swing Easy, where the concept is upbeat, fun, romantic type songs. But then you get into something like In the We Small Hours, which I I actually read about today, where it's a concept of lost love and yearning. And it's just so perfect. Sinatra in the 50s is, to me, I rank it up there with Beatles. Beach Boys, Mike, you know, Michael Jackson, uh, my favorite artist of all time. That that period is just gold. Um I completely agree, yeah. completely agree. And I'll just say
1: he 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 went to reprise in 1960.
0: Oh wow. Thank and you the only me. reason I
1: know that is because they have a 36 disc box set that I would love to own, which is called the Reprise Years.
0: Right. And it's all of
1: his music from 1960 on. Wow. Which I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Sinatra on Reprise, but Sinatra on Capital is where I first listened to Sinatra. Like those are the songs I first put on when you know I, I wanted to even see what this whole when I was younger about what Sinatra was about. Yes. And yes. so it still has a special place for me. And I really I love the Sinatra on Capital years. Yes. Um, it's the best. It really is. And it you're absolutely right. It just it it has that sound. It's it it's like that is what Sinatra is. And, you know, to me, those are great. Those are great albums and great songs.
0: Can I ask you one Sinatra question, Joe, before we go to our final music recommendation? Sure. I remember speaking of Taylor Swift, I-, I remember seeing an interview with her where she said that Justin Timberlake is the closest thing we have in our generation to Sinatra, somebody that does music and movies successfully in both. I get what she's saying from a conceptual perspective, because Timberlake is a good singer and a good actor. Um but to me, I look at Sinatra as irreplaceable. I don't think there's ever going to be anyone like him in entertainment history. He was like, a, he was a giant. He was
1: a giant. I mean, I don't, I don't look, Justin Timberlake is a good singer. He's a good actor. But really, what has he done? Not even music, but what movies has he been in? You can't even name them, but you can name Sinatra movies immediately. Right. And it's not just, you know, the only other one I could think of on that level may, might be Elvis, you know, Right. with the movies and the music. And um, he's a giant. Elvis is a giant too, right? I mean, you, you could probably put them pretty close to one another. But other than that, you're right. I, I don't think anybody can compare to Sinatra.
0: Have you ever I, heard I really about can't who think of would
1: anything be? just with them? I'm just trying to think yeah. of an artist who has done both music and movies and has risen to that level in the entertainment industry. I I, I can't. I mean, I really he, he can't. You
0: can't. And uh, like with Sinatra, I mean, he. He was involved with presidents. He planned to, He he was putting together the entertainment for JFK's inaugural ball, and uh, and then he was at the White House with Ronald Reagan. Like that's not what most performers do. It's not like no, that.
1: not at all. I mean, even somebody like Barbara Streisand, you know, is she's a giant in her in her uh, genre and everything, and she's done movies and obviously and mm-hmm. you know songs and everything, and she's just
0: amazing. But I don't even know if I would put her on that level. If you could meet any entertainer in history, living or dead, it would be hard to choose against Sinatra. I mean, I would—I think that's the go-to. I—I I mean, I
1: agree. I know there's a lot of people who don't like him, or you know, can't separate Sinatra the entertainer from Sinatra the person, and what you right. hear about is alcoholism and all that—you know, other things. But I would love to sit down with him. I mean, can you imagine a room with him and Taylor Swift, and you know
0: what? <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Who's on your Mount Rushmore? Sinatra, Taylor Swift, and Ariana Grande. <laughs> that would be an amazing dinner party. I would never want to leave
1: that room. <laughs> I would keep having, it would be like a 40 course dinner. So it wouldn't end. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I I know one person who had a very brief meeting with Sinatra. Like he's got his autograph basically. And he had a very positive experience. I'm sure I've actually, and I did, I once had lunch with Bill Boggs, a former talk show host who interviewed Sinatra but other than that you know to me like if somebody said to me yep I uh, I knew Sinatra or met him to me that's like knowing a president I would want to know all the details
1: absolutely I mean at this point I would have loved to even just went to one of his concerts yes you know it's I know he played in our area not that long before he couldn't tour
0: anymore and I wish yeah.
1: I I wish I could have even known to go to that
0: what a legend and when you're reading this book it's just <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm shaking my head as I'm talking about it because He's, he's one of the greats. So that's, that's my second music recommendation. Uh, Joe, what's your final music recommendation for this evening? Um, I don't know how to follow that, but
1: uh, another group I've been listening to, I'll just, we'll just talk about them is uh, Black Pumas.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I really like them. They're more, they're like, I won't call them blues, but they're more like a soul funk type band. And they just have a good vibe about them. Very smooth. And uh, you know, a, fun group to listen to i'm trying to think of somebody i could i could equate them to and it's it's not coming to me off the top of my head but Mm -hmm. the band is called black pumas and they have um one album called colors is Mm -hmm. is the album and it's like a black and orange thing and they actually just released a um like an expanded version of it so like a two if it was on lp or cd it would be a a two lp or two cd uh version and the second disc is all of like these, their, their cover songs, their live album, live things. It, 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 It's just a really cool addition to the album. And uh, the band is called Black Pumas, and they're really a good band. You got to check it out.
0: Uh, do you remember where you first heard them? I first
1: heard them on an Amazon playlist. And I, I also believe that one of their songs was used in a, in a commercial that I saw. Um, and then I went and checked them out. And they've been around for a little while, actually. But it's just when you listen to them, you can tell it. It's like more of a funk soul type. Um, maybe like how somebody would have – they're not like this, but maybe how somebody would have thought about George Clinton back in the day or something like that.
0: Interesting. Um, I, But you should check it out. You would like it, Scott. Black Pumas, I am, I am going to check it out. I'm making a note of it here actually on my phone. And uh, great recommendation. Yeah, a self-titled Sto- album. Self-titled album? Yeah. And just – you put on the song
1: colors. It's great. They have a song called fire. I've heard on all nation a lot and the spectrum plays them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire is great. And then all the way down to the last song, it's only a 10 album uh, song. And then with the double album, it's obviously double that, but uh, definitely. Great check recommendation.
0: It out. So uh, I guess my final music recommendation tonight, I was debating whether to give a song, but I'll give a station. I've been listening to a lot on Sirius XM Joe. We talked about this off the air. You and me the other day, I've been listening a lot to no shoes radio. and that is the Kenny Chesney theme station which features a lot of Chesney performances both studio and live along with artists that he's a fan of which not surprisingly are a lot of reggae artists country and so forth i just you know you hear the phrase it's a vibe it's a feel that's the way that station is it's very much a vacation feel i actually get more of a vacation feel when i listen to that station even more so than margaritaville just i don't know why but I, i just do um and I never really listened to Kenny Chesney that much. I knew who he was, but the more songs I've heard of him, I really like it. It's got this country pop sound that's perfect for going to the beach or driving with the windows down and on a nice hot day, that type of thing. So uh, I I enjoy No Shoes Radio. It's a lot of fun.
1: That is a very good station. I mean, I'm not a big Kenny Chesney fan, but it's not really a uh, Kenny Chesney station either. You know, it's more of the vibe that Kenny Chesney's concerts put out and you know, if, if you ever even have even seen something like Kenny Chesney, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the beach idea. It's almost right. like a Jimmy Buffett type idea, but modern. And yes. I agree with you. It does sound like you're on vacation. That's kind of how I feel when I put a reggae station on. Right. It feels like you're on vacation in the islands. This is this does it to me, too. I mean, this is a great that's a great
0: recommendation. Thank you. Thank you. We got some good stuff. We talked about a whole bunch of things on there. All different genres. Absolutely. Different-
1: I have way more. I can go for a long time.
0: We, we could go all night with this, but uh, this is this is good. The music episodes are good. I enjoy. I get recommendations, too. It's not just for our listeners. I mean, I uh, the Black Pumas were not on my radar screen. Now they are. Yeah. So that's an example. Right. Of, it's for both of us, too. Um, this has been great show. So tonight we we talked about Evermore. We gave some additional music recommendations and uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll, we'll now turn to the part of the show where this is the stuff we love segment. We kind of have been doing that all night long. But uh, we'll choose something maybe non-music related for this part, uh, Joe. This is the uh, segment where tonight Joe and I are going to give you a recommendation of something we're enjoying now, movie, book, TV show, whatever it may be. Uh, Joe, what's something you're uh, enjoying right now?
1: Uh, something. Uh, this is a show I've been watching. It's on Amazon Prime and it's called The Wilds. It's a uh, show about a group of teenage girls who are stranded on an island after a plane crash. And it's uh shows how they're surviving on the island and how they form cliques and act like teenagers and um all the while there's like some sort of conspiracy going on and they're trying to figure it out and and things are happening behind the scenes and it's just a it's a really interesting show that i've been watching i'm almost done with it and mm-hmm. you know if we weren't doing this tonight i'd be watching it tonight it's uh <laughs> right like it's that kind of that kind of show so it, i really enjoy it it's pretty good it's definitely Anybody very it famous it or
0: no what's that anybody very famous in it or no Nope.
1: it's all a bunch of i don't want to say nobodies, but a bunch right. of unknown actors uh, actresses really because it's it's certainly a female-centric show i mean it's it's all about teenage girls and the main adult characters are also women um but it's not even about that you don't really even you know it's not like it's pushing an agenda it's just a really fun show about a mystery and uh you know how they ended up on this island and what's going on and also how they survive and you know everybody you know, like that, you know, it, I w- I don't want to call it a teen show, but it's about teenagers and it really is a cool show.
0: Very cool. That's great. Uh, the Wilds on, and that that's an Amazon Prime original? It's an Amazon Prime original. Cool. Yeah. Great recommendation. Uh, for my recommendation, I was going to do a TV show too. I feel like somebody that was a guest on a show previously gave this recommendation, but I'll do it here. That's on Apple TV Plus. Ted Lasso is the show starring Jason Sudeikis where he plays an American college football coach who becomes famous because he goes viral in a locker room dance video. And he's hired by an English Premier League soccer team to become their head coach. And uh, it's the story of that. It's a very funny show. It's, it's like the perfect show because each episode is about a half hour long and it's just nonstop fun and laughter. It's a pure escapism. And I'm two episodes in. I just started it, but I'm loving it. It's a, I, I find myself laughing out loud. I like sports, obviously, so it's fun to watch from that perspective. It makes me want to go back to England because I see what it's like there, and I it makes, it makes me want to travel again. Uh, but it's it's a fun show. So that's my recommendation: Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus.
1: Great recommendation. I've heard a lot about that. I have to watch it. You would like. Makes it makes me wonder who comes up with these ideas. You know, it's like- I
0: think well, he's a producer, Jason Sudeikis on it. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me if it's his idea. No, it's great though. It kind of reminds me a little like Major League, the, the baseball movie, in terms of characters involved and storylines and so forth. Okay, I got to check it out. You would love it. Yeah, it's really fun. And uh, with that, I'll tell our listeners We're on Twitter at StuffWeLovePod. We're on Instagram, StuffWeLovePodcast. Our website is StuffWeLovePodcast.podbean.com. You can write to us stuff. We love podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us online everywhere. Apple podcasts, overcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, radio, Amazon now has podcasts. So you can check us out there and uh, leave us those good five-star reviews. It makes it easier for others to find the show and uh, hope everyone stays well and stays healthy. We'll be back to you soon with new episodes. And uh, Joe, this has been a lot of fun. This has been
1: great. I love these episodes.
0: Me too. Me too. And as always, we'll go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Joe. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.